Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shearer, and my guest is Debbie Williams, Director of Marketing at Hyperlocology. Debbie, it's great to have you on the Thanks show. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to do a little quick, shameless plug here. Just bear with me for a second. You can, you can do other things while I'm, while I'm reading this if you want. Engage Your Tribe is brought to you by Tribal Knowledge Podcasting. We are a full-service B2B podcasting agency that helps brands like yours use podcasting as a fun and efficient way to have authentic, non-salesy conversations with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. That you need to get to know to grow your business? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Learn more at tribknowledge.com. Okay, Debbie, back to you. So tell us a little bit about your background as a marketer and about hyperlocality. Sure. So um, like many marketers today, I started my path in marketing very differently than where it led today due to the evolution of technology. So I started my career mm -hmm. in New York City, uh, worked in creative marketing departments at agencies and in-house at in creative marketing departments focused on beauty and luxury goods mostly, but life and love leads you places you never expected. I moved to the Florida Gulf Coast about 15 years ago where my husband is from. And the job market here wasn't spectacular for me, especially in the mid to late 2000s. So my very good friend and I and former colleague, um, side note at whose wedding where I met my husband, merged our oh, talents nice. and experiences to launch a content marketing agency. And that was in 2010, um, it was called Sprout Content. It was a burgeoning industry at the time, you know, when we were first talking about content marketing and using your own website as a source of education and lead generation, especially for B2B companies, you know, people looked at us like deer in headlights, but we knew that's where mm. it was at. And we knew the importance of content for businesses of all types and sizes. We built the company over eight years, mostly with a remote team, which was pretty unusual at the time. So I've been in the remote uh, space for quite some time now. And in 2017, we were acquired by a big digital commerce agency in Chicago, which is part of the Wonderman Thompson family. So after several years, I was ready to get back into doing what I love and what I'm good at and building things from the ground up, creating a voice and using content to you know, create a community. And so I took a chance and joined a startup as the first head of marketing. I joined Hyperlocology last May, and it's been really exciting. You know, I'm able to do everything from the ground up and uh, really have a say in crafting who we are and who we're trying to reach. Hyperlocology is a multi-location marketing platform. So basically we work with franchises, multi-location brands, um, whether they have a hundred or thousands of locations to manage and launch their digital advertising across the most powerful platforms. So social, Amazon, YouTube, display, programmatic, retargeting, all in one place. So every single location has the opportunity for um, individual targeting, budgeting, and reporting for every single location. So there's not this broad DMA targeting, you know, that's run by the brand. Every single location has their own dashboard and opportunity to, you know, manage their local campaigns that are most relevant for their community. Okay. Very cool. And, you know, I like how in your kind of professional history and personal history, <laughs> you've always been a little ahead of the curve. It sounds like you were on content marketing, like right at the beginning of all that. And now it's like, yeah, content marketing, of course. Yeah. But back when you were doing, it's like, what, what now? What kind of marketing? <laughs> and, and you went from New York to Florida long before that became like the thing to and do as we've seen over the, <laughs> and, and working remotely. Right. Who knew? Right. Was, so those were all such trend setting things. That's right. You, you're a trendsetter. <laughs> 
<laughs> those at the time, you know, especially when you're starting a company and you're doing something right. new, right. That people aren't mm-hmm. necessarily familiar with like podcasting, you know, it's such a, sure. it's still a very burgeoning tactic for, for many companies. And so you it's know, true. You, you, I'm sure you relate to that as well. And, you know, people look at you kind of like, eh, they don't really believe maybe it's going to work, but it's just something we really believed in and saw the future for mm-hmm. and it, it paid off. Well, you're an inspiration for oh, me. Thanks. You're exactly right. I'm like, <laughs> one day I can be like that yeah, yeah. if I if I play my cards right. So, okay. So now you work with a lot of companies that do very focused local marketing, as you mentioned, fr- franchises, right? So you have like a, a, lo- a restaurant in a local community and you're marketing very much to that local community. Yeah. So from what you've seen, what are some of the keys to getting the most ROI from that kind of very local locally focused type of market. Yeah. Well, think about, you know, especially for, you know, whether it's an independent local restaurant or part of a, you know, a chain or a franchise, it's still that local level, right? So every community is really different and having a deep understanding of what matters to those customers in those communities has the greatest impact. Because if you're putting out blanketed messaging, or if you're, you know, having things, you don't have the ability to put out uh, creative messaging and um, reaching the people where they are are online and where they want to be reached for your community, then you won't really have as much of an impact. And sometimes it takes having the right, you know, the knowledge, understanding those customers, but also the technology and just some of the local insights, whether that's through Google Analytics or social listening to understand what your customers want in the community where you are. Okay. That makes total sense, right? The more you know your customers, the better able you're going to be to connect with them and engage them and all that stuff. How much leeway... Well, I guess the answer to this depends on the kind of business and the franchise, right? I'm thinking like, let's say, you know, I'm a McDonald's franchisee. I imagine that they have very strict brand standards. Of course they do. And the way that you market locally is going to be according to some very tried and true, you know, rules. And in other franchises that might be, you know, various levels of that, like how much leeway have you seen in the companies that you work with in terms of how creative they can be in their local market. Yeah, I mean, it varies greatly. Every company obviously has different, you know, brand guidelines in place and regulations and rules. But, you know, for the most part, what even, you know, what Hyperlocology does and what any local business has the opportunity to do is to put out messaging, you know, that is not only brand safe, but that is, like I said, relevant to their community. So what our platform enables people to do is have the brand still maintain some some control because, you know, they have pre-approved assets that each local community and each local, you know, owner can choose from. So they're given a selection typically, you know, in larger markets, say like a McDonald's type organization or much, you know, very big enterprise franchises, you know, they have the individual franchisee has little say and control and there's little transparency in what's going on. But when you work with a multi-location marketing platform and you're, you know, you're able to not only target, but create customized messages for every location, but that is still brand safe and brand approved. So they're given choices Mm. where maybe before they were just handed assets and said, this is what you have to do locally. You know, these are the kind of things you have to put out there to that really correspond more with national and that don't really have that local customization. Mm-hmm. 
which if you're an individual franchise owner, you might be like, uh, but in our community, it would really be great if we could do yeah. this or say it this way. So can you give me an example of that, like a specific example of what that looks like in practice? Yeah, sure. So one of our customers that we have a great relationship and they're not a huge household name is Jinya Ramen Bar. They're a great, really growing. They're always in the top, you know, hot growing franchise lists. <laughs> excuse me, for the past two years, fantastic brand, but they, you know, they really care about what their franchisees do and the son of the, they really respect their input. And while franchising, you know, the consistency is key, right? You want customers to have the same experience, essentially, from location to location, from food to look and feel. But there are local nuances that really impact local communities. For example, some Ginia locations have, serve alcohol and some don't. You know, they're a sit-down, little higher-end, fast-casual um, brand. And so some of their locations have alcohol. And those locations want to be able to promote happy hours or drink specials or maybe... Say they have a big, you know, football game in their community or something like that, where they want to create a, you know, a custom promotion. The brand enables them to do that and works with them to create those local customized assets for, you know, whether that's through display or targeting or a social campaign. So, yep, they really give them a lot of creative freedom. So it really starts at the brand level. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So a well-run brand is going to work with individual franchisees yeah. to to allow them to customize still within the brand standards, but to, to optimize for their local. Sure. Community. Even, you know, like the example of McDonald's we gave before, you know, that's relevant too, where, you know, I'm originally from the Northeast, from the New Jersey, New York City area. And when I moved down South, you know, the McDonald's promoted things really differently than even in the Northeast where, hmm. you know, sweet tea is a big thing where Coke would be, always be the big yeah. promotion on the billboard up in New York and New Jersey. So there's definitely regional nuances where where, you know, it gives the brand the ability to, to promote what's relevant in their community. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how much this applies to franchises necessarily, but but maybe it does. If you're a local mm -hmm. business, you're relying a lot on, you know, local networking, word of mouth, maybe your local chamber of commerce, you know, stuff like that. To what extent, but how important should digital marketing be you know, based on your experience with your guys' clients, what role do you see digital marketing playing in local marketing? Yeah, that's it's critical for every business, whether you're, you know, it's a locally run single, you know, unit business, mom and pop. You know, I've always said way back even when I started my content marketing agency, digital marketing and content levels the playing field. So it gives businesses of every type and size the same opportunities to get in front of their target audience. And if you create that helpful content consistently and you're giving more than you're asking, any business, whether they're, you know, like I said, a small, really local community-based business versus a large national competitor. You can be found online at times if you're putting out the right information that really answers people's questions so that when they're searching online, they find you first. Yeah. Okay. Like that. What are some common mistakes you see companies making with local marketing? So not having the ability to understand their local audience because they don't have access to or know how to use or leverage first-party data. And that's becoming even more critical now more than ever with so many, you know, there's everything obviously 
from back in the day, ad blockers, but now there's so many local data limitations that Google and a lot of other tech companies are putting out to try to make having, you know, that local first party data even more difficult. So they rely even more on third party outlets like social media channels. But so, you know, any business of any size really should make a focus on owning their audience and building that first party data. So they understand not only, you know, about deeper about their customers, but then they can, you know, give them what they're looking for. They can, it helps can shape their menu. It can help impact their pricing. You know, customers expect locally relevant and impactful brand experiences, whether they're in person in a brick and mortar or online. So if brands are relying on like national or broad data, you know, that's not just, you know, specific to their community. Oftentimes a lot of customers can be left out or you could be making a mistake with what you're spending, especially in digital advertising. So understanding your customers and how they interact with your products and services is really important. An audience targeting isn't enough. You know, your messaging has to be customized specific for those, you know, people in your community who you're looking to attract. Yeah, great point. It all comes down to your audience mm -hmm. and, and knowing them and, and staying on top of what they care about. It all really comes down to that. So, okay, shifting gears a little bit here toward the end. I want to ask you a couple of quick questions and just give me some quick answers or they don't have to be quick. Okay. So one, what's your main focus in Q1? At Hyperlocology, my main marketing plan focus is on thought leadership content. So, you know, we're still a really rapidly growing, but, you know, you know, in our early stages of a as a brand, you know, we have a great customer base, but we have a lot of room to work with a lot more people. So we're launching, uh, we're trying to launch our own podcast, which we've talked a little about and hope to continue to as well. And creating content in the channels, you know, where our audience is. So we know those trade outlets and publications that they read. We know what social channels they're on and what they pay attention to. So we've really been creating a lot of content that's getting published in um, some of our external, you know, like fastcasual.com, QSR magazine. Those are some super duper resources where our audience and our main ICP definitely spends time. And we're also sponsoring an upcoming big industry event at the end of March, the Fast Casual Restaurant Franchising and Innovation Summit. We'll be, one of our co-founders is going to be moderating a panel. One of our customers is going to be on the panel and in addition to several other brands. And that's something we're really excited about. Okay, very cool. Next question. What are the top three KPIs that your boss pays most attention to? So like any, you know, anyone in a marketing role and, you know, at the end of the day, right, you have to look, you have, it's the, it's the numbers, it's the sales, it's the customers we're bringing in, but we're not just focused on, you know, number of, you know, marketing leads that are coming in the door or inbound or that our, you know, outbound team is working on. It's the quality of those. So that's why, you know, we, I'm really lucky that um, one of the founders I work most closely with really gets marketing. And we look at all the ways that maybe that filter into, you know, what at the end of the day, what is most important. And that's getting in the new relevant customers, right? Our core target market is very specific. We know who they are. We know right away when someone is not a, you know, qualified lead. So it's easy to, to, you know, to distinguish those, but, you know, things like getting our, we know that, you know, it's not automatic, you know, attribution. So just because we put content on a LinkedIn and maybe has low engagement, it doesn't mean people aren't, you know, necessarily reading it. It doesn't mean that they're, you know, not uh, paying attention to what you're doing. So obviously big picture or website traffic, most importantly, are, you know, qualified leads, our LinkedIn followers and people that engage with our content. Okay. Very good. And lastly, what do you and your team hope to accomplish this year? 
everything. (laughs) (laughs) All the startup marketers say that. Uh, We're working on actually from a product perspective, not just my team at, you know, in marketing, but we're working on a lot of product enhancements when it comes to the data that we offer our customers. So we have an all-in-one customized dashboard. Since we work with multi-location and franchise brands, so we're bringing in critical business metrics that are really important for each location. So not just, you know, here's the ads that were served and here's what you spent and here's the targeting and reporting. And while that's really critical and the core of what we do, we're looking to, to, to take it to the next level and bringing in data that helps at the brand level and the the local level helps them better understand their location and what is resonating. We have data that pulls in their dashboard for most popular um, items sold, highest traffic hours, most popular uh, sales uh, channel, whether that's a drive-through, a window, a pickup delivery. So, you know, really offering to uh, give those business insights to our customers is, is a big focus of ours to show value beyond just you know, being able to launch and manage and learn from their local digital advertising. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds amazing. Well, Debbie, thanks for sharing all that. And thanks for a great conversation overall. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks, Jeremy. It's been a lot of fun. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.